Yes, who is it? it it's the Rod Buds. Oh, come on in. <laughs> you like that? The good Foley work? <laughs> Paul three. Paul number three. Mm. Yeah, I, I like this start. This is definitely good. Uh, I, I like this one. I've seen this movie multiple times. Not, I don't like it as much as Clueless. Mm-hmm. But, like, I genuinely enjoy parts of this movie. <laughs> I like the clarification. I genuinely enjoy parts of this movie. As Not a, the movie as a whole. I mean, I can tell you my rating right now. It's probably like a C. Okay. Like, but there's ports that I'm like, wow. Ports? There's ports that I like that I'm just like, mm, that's pretty badass in the cheesiest way. Just gotta like, hem it up. Like port cities? Port cities. Or I mean, like port the drink? I mean, it is what based kind on of a ports? beach. There's <laughs> ports of this that I like. Okay. V- Verano port. Oh, okay. Perfect. That's a good port. Well, anyways, since you guys don't know what we're talking about yet, we are talking Unless about... Unless you read the title of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet. Uh, the 1996, the 1996 edition. edition. I guess it's Ju- Romeo plus Juliet. Plus yeah, symbol. It's, it's not an ampersand. It's yeah, a plus. Yeah. And so, Romeo plus Juliet, which... Um, it's an unsolved equation. We don't have an answer. <laughs> equals death. Shit. No. <laughs> equals romance? No, death. <laughs> um, if you haven't seen this movie, what it is, is they take the historical Romeo and Juliet play, keep all the dialogue... But switch the setting from like, ancient Verona, like Shakespearean times. I guess it's medieval ancient, times. <laughs> ancient Verona. <laughs> no, ancient. No, it is not, if it's before the 80s, I don't care about it. <laughs> yeah, that's ancient to ancient me. Ancient times. Uh, well, from the actual play setting, and then transport it to 90s era Venice Beach. <laughs> like, they take Verona, and they just make it Venice. Like, I don't know if you haven't caught that yet. There's a lot of East versus West LA, and like... They call it Verona Beach, but there's literally just dudes lifting everywhere. It's gotta be Venice. You have to be real, though. It's in fair Verona. <laughs> fair they make Verona. it very clear from the yeah. get-go. When the intro happens, they do the little soliloquy. Well, have you been to Venice? I No. It's wonderful. Is it, say, in fair Venice <laughs> yes, all the is. time? I mean, all the people there are very fair. Okay. Or tan. Either or. Ah. There's <laughs> a bunch of tech dudes and models. Ah, perfect. Because Venice today has been switched. Mm, <laughs> it's not mm. the crazy Venice it used to be. Mm. I used to work in Venice. Uh, loved it. It was, I mean, it was a shit show every day because I work service industry in Venice. Uh, but it was so funny. Like, you'd have crazy bums who wouldn't ask you for food. They'd ask you for weed. You'd also have celebrities on, like, their days off. Like, I know the bar where uh, the dude who played Draco Malfoy drinks at on Venice Beach all the time. I'm not going to tell anyone because I promised him I never would. But it's like, that's who it is. He's like a tired childhood actor. He doesn't need to act anymore. He just longboards and joins the drum circle. <laughs> so, Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> the intro, man. The intro is just beautiful. They do the Perfect. soliloquy. Which yeah. is just the normal one. They do it as a newscast. Well, yeah, it's not great. just the normal. Well, it's, I mean, it's 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 one woman, and she is right. she is speaking. It's it. black all around her, but it's a close up on a TV news. Yeah, woman. yeah, yeah, doing a news report. But just right after that, 
in Fair Verona, just in big black letters, Hell just yeah, screaming it, it in your face, and they just keep doing it. They keep so doing many it. Then they do cars. all these crazy like shots of buildings Bleach and signs, hair. and it's oh. uh, it's wild. It's what I want to live my California lifestyle. <laughs> I see. I knew nothing coming into this movie, and I was surprised and taken aback. So we went to the same high school, Matt and I, and I thought he had seen this because I watched it in high school. Uh, but when I found out he hadn't, I was like, oh boy, what a treat. Yeah, it's 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 pretty it's pretty wild. Um, we get our first Paul sighting actually pretty early on. Very early. And, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, well, and the thing is, because they do like an intro credits where they introduce the main characters and they tell you who everyone is. Yeah, he's like, he's not, he's not Romeo. No, no, but no, he's he like is not Romeo. Arguably the second, maybe the third biggest male character. I mean, he's show. an important character, but he doesn't have a huge role. Well, so the story so the, revolves around him. Not really. I, I mean, he's the one that Juliet's gonna marry. Yeah, but it's just like marry. a. And, and he has a very small role. He's in maybe five minutes of airtime. He's just supposed tops. to be. I mean, so it's super funny also, because isn't it on TV or it's like a magazine stand? You see. Uh, world's most eligible bachelor. Well, and yeah, That's a so, picture of Paul Rudd. Yeah, so world's most eligible bachelor. I think it's on Timeless magazine. Yeah, that's what it is. And uh, it's at two minutes and seventeen seconds in. He plays Dave Paris. Yeah. And so um, not David, because that'd be too Shakespearean. He's Dave Paris, mm-hmm. cool guy. Cool guy. And and he does. I I kind of looked and made sure to find his other appearances, just because. Actually, no, the 217 is not the, the magazine. 217 is his intro to yeah. character, and it's just him smiling. Looks so handsome in his little tuxedo. Yeah. All he's supposed to do is look look cute and rich. Yeah. Um, the uh, the magazine part actually came at 1337, and you see the magazine cover after Leo goes into something, after whining about something, as yeah. Leo does. Uh, Leo, Nardo DiCaprio plays Romeo, for those that Oh, yeah, seen. yeah, I... You should know when we say Leo yeah. that it's not the Ninja Leo Turtle and it's not the artist, it's the actor. Or not the artist formerly known as Leo. Uh, yeah. It's, it's Leo <laughs> 2, Electric Boogaloo. But 1344 is our first um, look at him and that is when he is schmoozing uh, Daddy Capulet um, in his a, office. And I then like they the start... say that. <laughs> I'm just not a fan of you calling him Daddy Capulet. Yeah, his name's Daddy Capulet. And... Uh, He's smoozing him in his office, and then it cuts to a scene of them in the steam room together, which is kind of weird. Yeah, but like and that's why it's even weirder that you called him Daddy Capulet. Yeah, know where that's coming up. Big Daddy Capulet. Uh, I um, mean, Big Daddy Kane. One thing, Big Daddy Capulet. Way I know. Different. Yep, very true. But yeah, I mean, this this is uh, again a very small role for Paul. I, I'm not saying it's not an important role. Without him, you know, the whole ending of the movie might not you have happened. You just had a hard on for Mercutio. Yeah, I do. Yeah, we'll get there. (laughs) Mercutio is tops in this movie. What a character! But you know, let's go. Let's just kind of go through a little bit of what happens. If you're not a a big Romeo and Juliet fan, a lot of stupid stuff happens and people die. I I mean, that sums it up, right? I mean, you're not you're not wrong. I think a lot of high school English teachers would be mad. I'm not (laughs) one of them. I was a middle school English teacher, so it's fine. So I think one of the big things about this movie is it's just cheesy it's so cheesy oh, i think 90s era venice beach like i don't know for a lot of you what that means but back then it was like you got your east side hispanic gangsters your west side like 
wildly rich like Hollywood, and then you go to Venice where it was Dogtown, where it's like Muscle Beach, and they try to bring all these three things together. It's fucking nuts. But the thing to me is just the overacting. Like it's super cheesy. Oh. I'm wondering if in that gunfight right at the very beginning. And by the way, so Romeo and Juliet happened before people were carrying around uh, Desert Eagles because you know everybody carries the around eagles. yeah the Deagle. Um, but they called and you see it on the guns. They their swords. Yeah. They called their swords because they're uh, made by the sword manufacturer. Oh, I think I is love what the it. guns are. Because like. There's even a scene yeah. where the... Is it a Capulet? I'm forgetting. It's, it's Daddy Montague. The Daddy Montague. I hate that I said it. Um, Daddy Got Montague it. is in his limo. He goes, bring me my longsword. They bring a shotgun off the ceiling, like hooks, and like, hand it to him. And on the shotgun barrel, it just says, longsword. Longsword, yeah. This is lame as fuck, dude. Oh my gosh. Uh, can we also talk about how half cast like i think it's the capulets look like guy fieri clones and the other <laughs> half just like characters from san andreas <laughs> like, like they the wardrobe is perfect oh, i couldn't wild. ask for anything else in this movie uh no but one of the things i wanted to bring up was i thought that uh at one point in the fight at the gas station there's an opening fight if you know when uh, at the beginning of Romeo and Juliet, and they get into a little yeah, scuffle. scuffle. You bite my thumb at you, sir. I bite my thumb, sir. That's not oh, at you. Finally, I bite that thumb. On my word, Gregory, we'll not carry coals. Aye, for then we should be colors. Yeah, so, in okay. high school, Matt did this with another dude, and then they kissed afterwards. We didn't kiss. There was no kiss I in wanted scene, to but kiss. Matt added the kiss. <laughs> I love, I being collar, I strike, so. <laughs> there it is. Well, kissing's cool. We're all cool kissing. Um, you gotta make love, not war. If only they knew that. Dude. They I, could all just kiss each other and make up. Your boy Leo knew it. Uh, yeah, he tried. Yeah, and then he got Mercutio killed. And then uh -huh. he killed another guy. Yeah, and then it all went to shit. And then he killed himself, which killed her. And Juliet pretended to Spoiler be alert. <laughs> Yo, end of the movie, no one makes it out. Except Daddy Montague and Capulet. Yeah, the daddies. Yeah, and they hold hands as they look on the city in destruction from the nuclear kiss. war. I just want everyone to kiss. <laughs> you just I'm want those kiss comps. I want everyone to be in love and to have kiss comps. But uh, one of the things I wanted to bring up from the, uh, the beginning is uh, during their gunfight, there's a part where you see them shoot these oil cans. And I feel like it was a tribute to the jerk with Steve Martin. Because, you know, at the very beginning, he's, he's like, all oh, these cans are leaking. And they shoot the oil cans, and I felt that they looked kind of like that. And I, I have to assume that it was a small, <laughs> tiny little tribute to the jerk. I mean, whenever I do a Shakespearean play, I always try to think, how can I reference <laughs> the, jerk. the jerk? <laughs> so, I get it. I, I, I could see it. Look, maybe I just want it to happen, but it did happen. And it was a goofy scene. Where the guy kept shooting the sign over and over and it'd spin around and make a comical yeah. gun hitting like metal I said, sound. Remember, this is the gangsters from San Andreas fighting three Guy Fieri clones. <laughs> like, there's no way it's not out of control. Want to know something that was weird about it was... What uh, was weird about that? What we just described. The Benvolio? I felt like he had kind of like a fat face, but he wasn't fat. It just he he seemed like he seemed fatter oh, than he was when I see, first saw him. I have him, you know that I mean? problem, but I have a fat face and a fat body. Mm, yeah, <laughs> so it's like I get it. Like, yeah, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah. He kind of looked like he he didn't look as as uh, trim as he was well, in his he face. He looked like plastic surgery, like face. 
he got his face done. It well, didn't look like he had his well, face done. Well, I'm not saying, like, he got it, like, fixed up. I'm saying, like, right afterwards, where your face is kind of puffy and, like, big. Oh. Not, I'm not saying he had, like, sunglasses on. Oh, you're saying, scars. like... He just had, like, a comically large face. Yeah, I guess, maybe. It's that, a Venice Beach thing, baby. Because, I mean, thing. he didn't look, like, fat. I'm not trying to say he looked like fat. No, no, absolutely not. But but it just it looked out of proportion to how thin he was. Maybe his just personality was so big. Yeah, he just couldn't face. fit in his face. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like how they kept a lot of the old English. I oh. don't think it worked. No. But I liked that they tried. So I, I love this movie because you would just have to suspend all your like disbelief and just like it go along for the ride. Like, yeah. if you want to see... They keep the old English dialect. There are, like, two or three characters who kind of speak it a little more Shakespearean. They have a little bit of an accent. They keep... Yeah. But everybody else is doing just, like, a normal accent. And Leo it's, couldn't it's, do it. Yeah. That that was something I did want to bring up. <laughs> Leo shouldn't be reading Shakespeare. I don't think he acted poorly in this. I think he was fine. I just don't know if those words fit his mouth i don't think teenage lear was a shakespearean stage actor mm. I, I don't think a lot of I, the people in that movie were shakespearean now, stage I think actors totally do it now he's got the chops for it he's practiced i think if we put leo on stage doing i Hamlet, think it might have been a director's be action too because if you see a lot of them hey, can keep... you act like a whiny bitch <laughs> <laughs> i mean that's romeo's character yeah, I know. um no but because they want him to keep they keep their accents and stuff and so it's weird hearing uh people speak not how those words are meant to be spoken yeah i guess totally i get that and so it, it just becomes kind of weird uh the bigger bummer for me is that like they got some 90s songs in there but i really wanted like a hammy punk scene with like just classic like 90s punk yeah music. yeah because yeah. like they had like the right setting for it but like it just like didn't happen didn't like, they have a no doubt song in the middle I'm sure they did. I can't uh, remember all the music. But it's just like, there's so many opportunities for them to pick like 90s bangers. And I felt like they blew their budget on wardrobe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's... There was a lot going on. There was a lot going on. I thought they had some bangers in there, though. Yeah, I mean, so I'm looking it up right now. Because remember, I'm not looking at Paul Rudd facts. I'm looking at Roman and Juliet soundtrack. We've barely even talked about Paul so far. I thought he was great. Um... I guess they got one Radiohead song. I don't even remember when it happened. Which, by the way, I I really I thought Paul read his Shakespeare lines pretty well. I feel like he could do well in a Shakespearean oh, play. Totally. Yeah, I feel like he has the 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 cheese kind of to pull it off and all that. Oh, if you know I, what I mean. Yeah, I think. Yeah, totally. He could be like I think, especially now as a more mature grown up, he could do Shakespeare so well. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't want him to retire from film. And go to Broadway because I want I love you man too I love you men. Oh yeah, that would be wonderful. But he could do both. I mean, it worked for uh, Ian McKellen was a big one I think. Uh, but he like made the hard transition. Snape, Snape to did. Film. Like Ian hasn't really gone back to do theater. I thought he did. I thought I, he's done both. I, Antonio Banderas. You're right, but also can't we all strive to be Antonio, Antonio Banderas? Banderas? Is the only one who's shot anyone with a guitar case, so he's a special case. <laughs> fair enough. Like, fair no one enough. else can compete with that. Uh, Hugh Jackman. Huge jacked man. Yeah, that's fair. It's hard to compare Come him on. to other people. Yeah, but Leo has an Oscar. Finally, yeah. more sad Leo. But we're talking about Paul Rudd. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> By the way, who did you think was prettier, Leo? Or Claire Danes? Claire Danes. 
I mean, they're both very pretty people. Especially yeah. young Leo. I mean, they both have the scene and they're throwing back their wet hair. I feel like you just wanted me to say Leo. I feel like <laughs> I think this is a legitimate argument people would have. I mean, I I agree that like I can see why Leo was the heartthrob he was. But it's just like asking Keira Knightley or Orlando Bloom in Pirates of the Caribbean. It's a toss-up. Or Johnny Depp, but Johnny Depp has weird stuff. Yeah, but he's but crunchy. Johnny Depp, yeah, and he's now, crunchy. I already talked to you about this. Yeah. I'm into crunchy. You're into crunchy. I'm so Johnny Depp's your choice. Give me that crunch. Yeah. <laughs> Captain Crunch, is that is oh, that man. what you call well, uh, Johnny what, Depp in that movie? That's what I'm trying to be like, is Captain Crunch. <laughs> is he Captain Crunch all berries? I don't care. It's a big barnacles growing from my armpits. Oh, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the uh, let's get to Mercutio real quick. Just Fucking, if we're talking about he's the dude. Mercutio was well. You he was all of the representation in that movie in one character. <laughs> no <laughs> He just he had all of the like, like things like, people didn't really mention in the nineties. Yeah, like we got cross dressing. Yeah, we need a, a minority and someone who goes both ways and we need someone who will wear women's clothes but is a male we don't know how they identify as a gender i guess we'll just make a marcuccio a guy who likes to shoot the ocean <laughs> i mean every guy likes to shoot the ocean that's not fair <laughs> if you but, had a gun and there was an ocean wouldn't you shoot it the first intro to mercutio you see him slapping lipstick on his face getting out of a car for a that's costume so party in this like silver platform pumps he's got a tight mini uh, silver sparkly mini skirt. He's got a tube top sparkling Yo, silver, dude. and oh man, just ahead killing it of its ahead time. of its time. Mercutio and he's coming out it. and just rocking it. And he's Do you know who that actor was? He has so many just long, um, I don't know, uh, long pits Swarm, of dialogue yeah. where he's just like screaming at the top of his lungs. He actually did pretty well overall, oh, I think. I think Mercutio I think he got like, we they they gave him weird direction. I think he was my favorite like character in the film series. Yeah, he uh I I also I mean series, a I'm a little biased because uh Mercutio is one of my favorite just in the play in general. So, I think he's probably one of the most interesting characters. I I totally remember where I've seen him from now. I looked it up. Uh Harold Perno? 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 Perno. Uh, he's been in... Come on the show. Talk to us about Paul. Harold, <laughs> I love your work. I knew I knew you from somewhere. Uh, he was in Sons of Anarchy. Okay. Which I ate up that show. I love Ron Perlman. You and uh-huh. I talked about this. Ron yes, is yeah. my dog. Maybe um, we can do the Ron Bonds the, after this. Uh, we'll, we'll, pearls before swine. Perlman before swine. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> This is literally how he found the name for the Rudd Buds. <laughs> Just, Paul Rudd's great. We were Rudd Buds. Yeah, perfect. Uh, but yeah, he was in Sons of Anarchy. He was in 28 Weeks Later. I love horror movies, so mm-hmm. you know, I was all about that. Um, and I guess he was in Constantine. I don't know where. Just looking at his wiki. Uh, but freaking great. Yeah. I mean, and he, he was a great character. He was fun. He, I mean, he's a pivotal role in the whole thing. He's kind of one of the people who... who is in the middle of the whole feud and yeah. at one point dies and it's the reason why Romeo kills Tybalt yeah. and Mercutio's death is the reason Romeo goes wild. Yeah, and it really escalates everything yeah. and it turns into leads to the whole death. Tybalt must die. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a reference to another <laughs> Jet Li movie. Romeo must die. Mm-hmm. Pretty good, huh? Nice. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
You've done it. You got it, man. Dude, I beat the Romeo and Juliet dungeon. Now, I did think it was an interesting take where Leo took those drugs that Mercutio gave him. It looked like he gave him maybe some acid oh, or ecstasy. Oh, that was the only weird part of the movie? No, no, no. And it led into a Mercutio dance and singing scene. I don't think it was actually him singing, because it sounded to me clearly as a female voice. But maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he has the chops to sing it like that. I don't know. It's, it's also hard to say because I've been to drag But shows. he was dancing and it was wild. Sure. Like, the whole scene was wild. Leo's tripping out of his mind. Mercutio's in the middle of what is a Capulet ball, which doesn't make sense that he's front and center. But, I mean, he's Mercutio. He can do what he wants. I'm going to say I've been to drag shows like, mm-hmm. like that. And like sometimes it's the actual person singing and it's wonderful. But it's also just as good if they're lip syncing and just fucking rocking it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm just saying I don't know if it was actually him or not. Also, but... I couldn't tell who was hosting the party or who the party was It for. was a Capulet party because like, at one part, I know Tybalt comes and he's like... like Shakespearean play it is, but it seems like they hired Mercutio to be like entertainment Yeah, for that, the party, that almost seems which, like, like that. That doesn't make sense But to I me also think like it might just be use. drugs. It could just be drugs. Hey internet could just be drugs could just be drugs who knows uh but either way, probably the director invite me to your drug drag party if you throw parties like that no. that seems really fun we don't condone that kind of stuff i don't condone it but invite me and i'll help you through <laughs> it i'll enjoy the drag and be your shoulder to cry on but it's just crazy and then it ends in leo he's i thought it was the bathroom but i guess it wasn't it had a sink Unless he was just putting his head in a fountain in the side of the house. Ooh. But he starts looking at the aquarium and he sees Claire Danes, like Juliet, clubs where through the aquarium. Like separate men and women in his bathrooms, but the sink, like, mirror area is a shared section where it's yeah. just, like, one. Which is, like, supposed to be That's cool. true, that's true. Like, but it's also just, like... Very progressive. It's hard to do coke off of them. Oh, okay. That yeah. makes sense. So... Yeah, but I'm, he's looking... Coke. I'm just making a bad The joke. way that he, uh... uh is looking at that aquarium is on drugs is how I I love I love aquariums. <laughs> it's like I, you look at aquariums sober. Yeah, I I love aquariums. I um, it's a real moral dilemma because at one point you're like, these animals should be free, but the aquarium is very cool. <laughs> very cool. Shed aquarium, rad. Like zoos are bad. We know that aquariums. As long as Maybe the little orcas, fish in the big yeah. tanks. Little, like, I can't, I can't get on. But, little like, fish, big tanks. I, I love to watch the octopus. They're crazy. Did you, there was, you know, I don't need to go on it. We'll, go, we'll have our octopus aquarium talk. So later. who cares about the whole Romeo-Juliet muting and what they're doing? During this part, you get to see Paul Rudd in an astronaut costume. Oh. And uh, Juliet's mom is trying to introduce him. Dave Paris is the son of the governor. And he is just the hot man on town. And so, of course... He's dressed up like an astronaut. He has perfect hair. Mm, yeah, scene. it's beautiful. And he starts dancing with Juliet. And let me tell you, I'm pretty sure these moves were all Paul. These were not choreographed. <laughs> all Paul. All Paul. I'm going to say, it didn't look choreographed. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, he has this one move where he puts his... You should go back and look into this movie if you haven't checked it out. Hey, Paul, he does this like move where he puts his thing. hand in front of his face and waves it out. Uh, like he flips it out uh, and it's just it's wild it's so funny and you see Claire Danes laughing and Paul has this big smile on his face and I almost think that that wasn't planned he just made her laugh because 
I mean, he's Paul Rudd. He's a funny guy, and it was a funny dance. He was doing some weird stuff. Can I admit something to you? <coughs> so, when I saw Romeo and Juliet on the list, I didn't realize it was this one. I've seen this movie <laughs> so many times, but I never remembered Paul Rudd from it. Yeah. I, like, I feel guilty now, because I'm like, oh my god, that's Paul Rudd. I would have, like... I would have it's because he melted into his it, role. But I was just so absorbed with how crazy the rest of the movie well, was. Well, like I said, he doesn't have a huge role. Right, but it's still just like, that's Paul Rudd. Well, and Paul Rudd didn't hit his peak until probably mid-high school. Well, especially if it was 96. I was six years old when this came out. Like, yeah. it's not like I was like, oh, there's Paul Rudd, my favorite <laughs> actor. I've seen him in Clueless yeah. and Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Two movies I would not have been allowed to watch. Exactly. <laughs> But yeah, I, I have to guess that that is, is an ad-lib scene, because those dance moves are just great. Just so slick. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that I brought up, we actually watched this, so I apologize if any of our zingers are lost in when we were watching this together, um, but there was one point... Uh, where Juliet, they're doing the whole balcony scene, the most romantic scene of the whole play... And at the very end of it, the nurse is just screaming, Juliet! Julieta! And it's, it's, it's hilarious because they're doing the, like, I'll say goodnight until tomorrow, and she says goodnight, goodnight. And then you see the silhouette of the nurse in there, and she's saying, Julieta! And she's bobbing screaming, her head, bobbing her head back and, right. and forth. You see her put her hands on her hips, and she's just moving her whole body back and forth. It's I, so animated, so ridiculous. I know so I said, Kushio is my favorite character. The nurse was by far my second favorite. She <laughs> was, she. I mean, they just, save it for the favorite character bit. Uh, <laughs> I'm not too. But can we just talk about her for a minute? Okay. I thought her actress did such a good job. They just picked like a sassy Latina woman to be her nurse, and mm-hmm. it's like, wow, mother me. Like <laughs> you are so funny and protective, and like it's like this is perfect. This is exactly what I would imagine someone who was charged with like taking care of sort of a rich, spoiled brat, like, would do their job well and, like, raise her right when her parents wouldn't help. It's like, this is great. Because you see, like, Juliet's mom just, like, treat her like garbage. Mm-hmm. And then the nurse is like, oh, pobrecita, come here. And just, like, <laughs> yeah. takes care of her. I'm like, this is beautiful. Well, that's the whole thing. This Isn't is that love. generally, uh, back in the day, how it worked? It was the nurse kind of raised the 90s them. 90s or Shakespearean times? Shakespearean times. <laughs> And the 90s. I don't know what it's like to be rich. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just had a mom. I saw Fresh Prince. I thought Jeffrey was a great dad. Yeah. <laughs> now I realize he was never the dad at all. Um, I want to bring up the shirtless priest. Why was he shirtless when we first run into him? Yo, with two young me. boys in his enclosed room with him. His rectory. Wink. <laughs> but seriously. What... One, what is the point of him being shirtless there? So you can see he has a giant cross tattooed on his back? Yep. Got an edgy priest. I just, ah, uh, this doesn't make sense to me. It just seems like a weird choice. I wish I had witty banter for you, but I also just don't get it. Yeah, it just seemed like a weird choice. And he's just, like, showing poisonous plants to these young boys. Like The, you know, the poison that ends up... Watch out, this is only poisonous if you have your shirt on. <laughs> Maybe that That's was it. Maybe that was it. And we just didn't know. Uh, it just, it was something that caught my eye. Um, one other thing that had to do with the church I noticed, and I feel I'm going to keep looking for this because Clueless started it. 
You saw some brother kissing a sister? During the wedding scene between Romeo and Juliet, right before they show Claire Danes, the young boy in the choir, he sings something like, brothers and sisters together will make it through. Now, of course, I think he's talking about brothers and sisters in Christ in type Lord. of thing. But interesting thing to have right before the wedding scene, when in a, another Paul Rudd movie, brothers and sisters together, they made it we're, out. We're at least two for three. <laughs> Maybe three for three. I can't remember if we found anything in Halloween. Yeah, I don't know. I think everybody's I just kind of crazy. I short memory. Much yeah. like a goldfish in an aquarium. I don't know. <laughs> I just wanted to point out, I don't want to make a big deal of it, but I'm going to be on the lookout. You made the deal. <laughs> yeah. I just want to point it out. Everyone should be aware. Just be hyper vigilant for Paul Rudd, brother, sister, love. Well, and maybe, maybe it's not, maybe it's a conspiracy maybe they're expecting me to get this and trying to pin it on paul so, rudd so paul rudd promoting brother sister relationships is like your number 23 like <laughs> yeah, your yeah. crazy conspiracy theory that only i'm about to go jim carrey i'm just gonna draw things <laughs> on the wall <laughs> it's just paul rudd brothers and sisters if you take the ip addresses and then recalibrate them and put the numbers in that spells paul rudd <laughs> Let's do our top two characters. Uh, top two, bottom two characters of the movie, other than Paul Rudd, of course. Obviously. Yeah. Um, uh, you I'm, go first. I mean, Mercutio. Mm -hmm. Get it? Because he's cute, Mercutio. 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 Thanks, man. Oh, my God. Mercutio. <laughs> and, uh, Get out of here, dude. And the nurse. And the nurse. Like, I mean, they're, they both... Did the best. I, I know neither of them have the Guy Fieri look. Mm -hmm. I'll nurse a little bit. Mm -hmm. but, but, like, I just thought, like, they acted those characters so well. And, like, I just genuinely cared about them. I didn't care really about Romeo. Mm -hmm. I cared about Claire Danes because she's Claire Danes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Not because Everybody she did loves a good Claire Danes. Juliet. I was like, oh, that's, like, your little sister. Your friend's, like, you know what I mean? <laughs> just like, oh, what's up, Claire Danes? Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they're my top two. Do you have a top two? Well, should I do my bottom two? Uh, you can do your bottom two if you want. We'll just keep it rolling. Ugh. Unless you have to think about it. You, you go first. Okay. So, I'm going to blow your mind here. Mercutio is maybe one of my favorite characters of this movie alone, but I think I stumbled upon something that makes me have a top two other characters. Okay. So, Conspiracy my theory. two favorite characters are the priest and the nurse. Weird. And it's because I'm pretty poison. sure... The priest and the nurse are also in James and the Giant Peach. The priest is the old man in the very beginning who gives James the magic wiggle worms. Yes, he is. And I think the nurse is Auntie Sponge. That one I wouldn't know. Because like they both have their heavily makeup in each of those movies. Will and Juliet and in James. I'm not 100% uh, sure. I know the old man is. Mm, yeah, the old man is definitely For in. For sure. And, and I recognize him from other things. I don't remember his name. Yeah, but he gave him the magic wiggle worms. And if they are both from James and the Giant Peach, blows my mind. One of my favorite movies <laughs> growing blows up. Blows my mind. Ugh. I just always wanted to eat that peach, man. That peach <laughs> looked so good. When the part, they're stomping on the peaches and they make the peach drink with the little fizz at the top and it was some kind of like peach soda beer or something oh my gosh i just want to drink it so bad you want me to blow your mind again uh-huh not only is she ant sponge she's also the glow worm wow <laughs> just incredible oh my god 
So, hey, internet, is this Wikipedia? I'm James and the Giant Peach right came out after, this right? Is so helpful. Do you have James and the Giant Peach's uh, date? All, all times? Uh, it came out the same year. Okay. How about fucking that? I wonder if that's <laughs> the reason why they're together. They poached actors? Like, oh my gosh. <clears throat> hey, that lady looks like she'd be a good I wonder if anybody else is from James and the Giant Peach. Oh, this is crazy. I am. Man. I am losing it over here. We could here. go down a rabbit hole looking for Oh, man. I, let's just say <laughs> I love that movie. It's a great movie. One of the little kids could have been James. We should do a fruit-related podcast next. We could do that. Mm-hmm. We could do What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Toot Your Fruit. Toot Your Fruit. We could do... That'll be the name of it. Shape of Watermelons we're already gonna get. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That'll <laughs> so be the next episode. We'll just literally just take it out, cut out all the pollen red parts, <laughs> and add a couple more fruit-related things. <laughs> we'll just talk about... So, what is the shape of a watermelon? Some might say round. Oblong? Some Square, might say lumpy. if you're creative. <laughs> if you put it in a... If you grow it in a box. It's true. Uh, but anyways, I thought you would find this fact ridiculous. Yeah. And it blew my mind when I saw... I'm it's, just really happy we have Wikipedia. Like, I'm literally donating to Wikipedia tonight because that's just the best <laughs> thing. Like, there's no other way for me to... I guess IMDb, but this is just so helpful and I found it so quick. Let's just talk about, <sighs> though, what great acting chops from uh, Auntie Sponge slash The Nurse. She plays Wait, literally pause. complete opposites. Pause. Okay. I'm just going to say she has her own travel TV series. Oh. Well, not the whole series, but she's the main character in one of the episodes called Armchair Britain. We have mm. to watch at least her episode. Yeah. And she just goes shows her favorite parts of Britain, where she was so good as a nurse. It's also weird to me now, because I thought she was Hispanic, and she's very British looking now. <laughs> Maybe she has some dual descent. It's possible. Yeah. Um, she's Could be from Spain, or like have some Spanish yeah, heritage, they, too. But I thought like they gave her a Spanish accent. Did you not hear that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. So, to say, I don't know. No. Either, Either way... way Awesome job. Uh, I just want to give her a real shout out. Miriam Margoyles. Oh, strong that is... Strong. I know. I've seen her on a bunch of... She's She's been on a couple... She's been uh, on a shit ton of things. She's been on a couple panel shows that I watch. Like what? I think it might have been... I don't know if she was on 8 out of 10 Cats. But I you think she might have been on... Nah, that's whatever. We'll, we'll figure it well, out. She later. was in Cats and Dogs. That's pretty yeah. close. I think she did a TV appearance on a couple panel shows. I think she is very, very highly regarded in England. Or Britain. Or yeah, however like you it. say which parts of those. She's just done so much. BBC person. Big, big... Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind of BBC. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, you got your bottom two characters? Oh, I guess uh, you're still laughing about that I one. I made a good joke. Yes. Oh, man. Um, my bottom two... Uh, I, I, I'll i say one of them is Tibble. I, I love hated Tibble. Because like, he was like so hammed up more mm. than any other character. He was like, the most hammed character. And like, I loved it, but I was like, this is stupid. It's, <laughs> like, it's so dumb. Like, I, I couldn't handle it, but it was so funny watching him do like gun tricks. Like, uh-huh. Like, he's I, the part where he throws open his he's shirt. Like, he's like the guy you're supposed to like love to hate. So mm-hmm. I thought that was good. Yeah. Um, and then the other part, I didn't have like another bottom character. I bet I got one once I mentioned it. Uh, you you might you might is it just the priest for being shirtless with a bunch of boys and poison? No, no, no. I, mean, I can get why he's in both of those for you. The the one of them is is the one Montague, the skinnier one. Actually, just both the other Montagues. 
They're worthless. <laughs> Not Benvolio. Benvolio's rad. He's a pretty cool guy. And he does the gun tricks with Mercutio, yeah. and it's just very cool. Benvolio was the guy who I thought looked most like Guy Fieri, so obviously I liked him. Mm, of course. Taking him to Flavortown. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's the car they drove. That, like, chopped up yellow. I don't even know what it was. Just like a sports car with no <laughs> yeah. roof. But the other two guys in that car sucked. I don't know. One of them had a dome piece that said Montague on the back. That's true. That's true. That <laughs> it was like, a... I don't know. It was supposed to be DMA or something. I thought, <laughs> I thought no, I think pretty... it was their their logos, the three like circles. Company logo yeah. or whatever. Either I thought that was pretty dope. I was like, I mean, I, like they just let you. But know the one with the black eye, he sucked. Yeah, but he sucked. He's literally the one who started him. off the whole thing at the beginning because uh, he bit his thumb at a guy. Yeah, I guess. I guess he, I got to make him my second. One. I love when he shouts. Do you bite your thumb at me, sir? <laughs> uh, just ham it up, man. It's great. <laughs> just, it's just a wild movie. So, again, one of my favorite bits that we get to do is, do we think Paul Rudd's character from the previous movie, which for us is Halloween 6, of course, and Michael Myers, would be better than Paul Rudd's character here in Romeo and Juliet? Matt, do you want to start? Absolutely not. <laughs> So you don't think Levelton Creepazoid moves across from the house of a serial killer, steals slash adopts a baby, and like tries to get these people in his Celtic fantasy lore would be better than Dave Paris, generically good-looking rich guy? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, well, I, and this is the first time where it's like pretty easy, because the last one before, like, oh, I think the other Paul Rudd might be better. I think just a Halloween Paul Rudd, like, I like you, just not a great character. I can't even movies. imagine Halloween Paul Rudd <laughs> trying to be at that party and just not being crazy. Uh, well, I think if he was absolutely batshit and on drugs, he would fit in. Honestly, I think if you mix those two characters, you, have one normal you guy. might get a crazy <laughs> Halloween-style Batman. <laughs> I feel like he'd be more of the Riddler. Maybe, like, maybe. Because, like, like, not absolutely crazy like the Joker, but, like, I got one gimmick. But the Riddler's kind of a bad guy, though. into it. Right, and I feel like he might just turn bad if you get him, like, crazy. I mean... Nah, he was willing to put himself on the... I think it, in his heart he was a good guy. Now, if it was Danny, Danny would be the Joker. <laughs> that dude was trying to cut up his grandpa from just, the get-go. I was just assuming we're adding drugs to the mix, and that's why. I'd say he's a bad guy. <laughs> If, Paul, if I mean, I feel like everyone was on drugs. Paul Rudd might have been on drugs. You know? I think you get a very strange iteration of Batman <laughs> somewhere immediately in between uh, Andrew West's Batman and uh, Christian Bale's Batman. But I just feel like <laughs> somewhere right in the middle. It'd be Batman, but with like no desire to help other people. Uh, I think it'd be Batman, except he'd be creepily obsessed with stopping. It'd be the other way around, like the Joker. Wouldn't be obsessed with him. He'd be yeah. obsessed with the it's Joker. Like, it'd be Batman obsessed with a singular topic. Yeah. Which is why I think he'd be evil. Because he would ignore everything else like the law and other people. It's just every new villain that came thing. along, he'd get hyper into him and just... And this Batman would for sure kill people. <laughs> oh, no yeah, probably. Like, well, I don't know. He seems like a... I think, all, I think he wouldn't save people at all costs. But I don't think he'd kill people unless they were the bad guy. Uh... He'd kill the bad I'll guy. I'll say this. I think rich people can kill people with no consequences. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's just a fact. I don't, I don't, I'm not that person. I'll never be that person. But like, I think that you and I can agree rich people can get away with a lot. And if we had the most eligible bachelor, good-looking white guy, Dave Paris, with tons of money, plus crazy man who accidentally killed someone along the way, they'll justify it somehow. And he would do like 
probation for two years. Six months of rehab. Yeah, I mean... At, like, a resort. (laughs) Like a sandals resort. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But we got shitty dudes out here all the time doing terrible things if they don't have any consequences. Like, if you're one of the richest guys, most eligible people in the world, you can kill whoever you want. Either way, if we ever get famous enough, we should make the Paul Rudd Batman. I thought you were going to say we should kill someone. I was like, I'm out. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> this is where professional relationship ends. <laughs> we're done here. Like, I have a line. Stealing no, no, no. Is one thing. Not kill people. Unless we want to do, like, a real-life crazy Paul Rudd Batman, we have Paul Rudd kill people. What about that? Uh, I would only do that if we had, like, a docuseries following us hot on Paul Rudd's tail. Trying to chase him down. <laughs> these two guys are the leading would it be, Paul Rudd experts. Would it be experts. Blair Witch style? They're the Paul Spurts. The Paul Spurts. <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like that. I like it a lot. <laughs> and the, the, just the Hey, everybody. Like, you're Paul Spurts here. <laughs> well, like, and, like, we wouldn't necessarily be, like, the main characters in the show, but, like, all this happened. I was like, the Paul Spurts in here to look at it. Look at these two crazy guys who just watched a bunch of Paul Rudd <laughs> I feel like a Paul Spurt is some sort of uh, squirt-style soda pop that comes out... Uh, at Paul Rudd's next big film, and be like, make sure to get a Paul spurt with your large popcorn. Uh, we gotta put a trademark on that real fast. Yeah, right. right. We're gonna we're gonna trademark something Paul off spurt. of Paul Rudd's name, <laughs> off of somebody that's not ours name. Well, before we release this episode, we'll do it so no one know we're talking about Paul oh, Rudd. Oh, perfect. Yeah, dude, we're, we're not talking about Paul. We're, we're just talking about everyone this in named 2021, Paul. We're talking obviously. about Saint Paul. <laughs> yeah, and that's. He's way past copy, right? Yeah. That's a letter or whatever. I forget what it's called. When you can just steal from whatever. So at the end of the day, we're just know that Tommy Doyle is not a good replacement <laughs> for Dave Paris. Not at all. But if he did, he'd become a, a quasi-Batman. A morbid, twisted Batman. Yeah, yeah. One that I definitely want to see, and I think the world should see. I would want to be his friend to help him get clean because then I would be Paul Rudd's good friend. Would you be Robin? Um, You'd be Catwoman. I do have the body for it. <laughs> Squeeze you into some leathers. Uh, tight leather. Sure if tight leather body or tight suits. spandex is better. Because leather necessarily like ah, could squeeze it in You'll there. be squeaking a lot more, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. My thighs touch. <laughs> You'd get so... I don't know. I just, hope people who listen to this imagine I'm 400 pounds. I like, want to say the word of you running around in tight leather for maybe an hour. The word that I would think of is just schlepfty. I don't know what that means. No, no, no. It's not a real word. <laughs> just, I just think... That's the adjective? Schlepfty. <laughs> okay. It's... it's Gross. <laughs> Alright. I don't think right. I'd be any better. Don't worry. No, no, no. <laughs> but yeah. Good shit. <laughs> Fun facts with Dave. Uh, it took Paul Rudd 16 hours to get into the astronaut costume. <laughs> <laughs> it's related to that one, huh? <laughs> what, what was so difficult about it? have enough butter <laughs> oh so he had this oh it was only the top it doesn't oh, yeah zip. he went in through the neck <laughs> oh perfect i see have you, you, obviously you've never been to the moon was it also like 
they had to squeeze almost like squeezing a cat squeezing a cat and pissing during the scenes I just just meant it was like trying to squeeze a cat into a costume and Paul Rudd kept getting away because (laughs) while they needed the butter to get him in it also made him very hard to grab onto I felt like it's more of a bar of soap where it's not necessarily fighting you but it's just really hard to squeeze (laughs) so Paul Rudd's like guys I need the help and they're just like we can't so we're trying we're trying (laughs) just keeps slipping all over (laughs) perfect Paul Rudd's first car when he was 16 was a school bus. <laughs> what? <laughs> that was a good one. Did he drive people around, do you think? I mean, when his friends wanted to get in. But like, it, was, it was like his personal use vehicle. I just imagined he'd pick up neighborhood kids before their school bus got there and uh, drive them to school. I mean... <laughs> I didn't say this is a flushed out fact. <laughs> I'm just saying I think that's what he did. Just like Rupert Grant drove around his ice cream truck and gave ice cream to kids, I think Paul Rudd picked up kids before the bus driver got I like, there. I like and him. I think if the bus driver couldn't get kids, any kids before Paul Rudd did, the bus driver tried to chase down Paul Rudd. I like to imagine that Paul Rudd was just always exasperated because there's always kids waving him down thinking he was their bus driver. <laughs> He's like, yo, I'm just going to the grocery store. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm not here for you. I think that he would pick up the kids and on their way out he'd make them give them tips. I, and I, then when they said, hey, I'm not going to give you a tip, he'd say, I can beat you up, and they'd give him tips. I also think he would get super exasperated whenever his church group would assume he would drive everyone to the theme park. <laughs> you think he was an active church member? I think he like occasionally would go and be like, oh, Paul, you know the youth. Hang out at Six Flags. New Jersey's happening. And, and he'd I, definitely show up for that. And, because... and, well, and they'd be like, so, you know, we still need to secure transportation. And he'd roll his eyes and be like, would you like me to drive everyone? Just like, they didn't ask him, but like, they it's the implication. So, yeah. So you don't think he gutted his school bus and put like cool stuff in there? No. I, had, had a bed. He wasn't famous yet. Yeah. It no, was, I'm just saying. He might have slept in there, but it was more like a bum. <laughs> he slept in a seat. <laughs> yeah, it was like a bum. More didn't than even like lie a, in the cool. aisles. No. <laughs> Do you think he put a disco ball or anything? I in think there? he for sure got annoyed when he'd see kids like carving into the backs of seats mm. or like riding yeah. on like, hey, hey, I have to clean this bus when you get off of it. <laughs> Do you think he ever put gum on the underside of the seats for himself to save? No, I just think he hated it and he mm. was obsessive about not letting that happen. Do you think Paul even chews gum? I think he would lay on a skateboard and go underneath all the seats <laughs> looking for gum. <laughs> I think he enjoys gum, but I don't think. The gum is the thing he'd want on a school I bus. think he only think does the fact, zebra gum where you get the tattoos. I think that Paul, before people would get on his bus, would stand outside of it and make them spit their gum into mm, his hand yeah, as yeah, they're yeah. boarding the bus. That's like, not again. Yeah, now that's the fun fact. <laughs> we all knew about the school bus, but he made him spit the gum. Yeah. Uh, that's fun facts. It's fun facts. <laughs> Tune in for another fun facts in episode four. What shape is it? Of watermelon? Shape is of water. It? The shape of watermelon. Is that it? The size know. of watermelon. Well, I just don't even know that's a movie. That's next. Something about watermelons. Paul Rudd's the main character. Paul Rudd, the watermelon guy. <laughs> <laughs> Paul Rudd, watermelons too. Back in the habit. Back in the habit. <laughs> user reviews. User reviews. User reviews. User reviews. I don't like this. Opening. <laughs> I, and I'm against it. I'll say it right now. You need to relax. 
I think I got really close to the mic too, so yeah, it'll be nice. Did. I hope you did. And I hope they caught me hitting you in the arm. I hope it pierces your ears when you edit this. <laughs> uh, so we have user reviews. Yeah, we'll do a, a soft open too. Soft open? Oh. Oh, and time for user reviews. <laughs> let's uh, let's get into it. So we're just going to try every opening we can get this week, <laughs> and we'll stick with one of them next week. <laughs> Uh, Romeo and Juliet user reviews are going to be, I think, very good. Um, a lot of people got a lot of opinions on it. I feel like when I was looking at um, these reviews, it was either people gave it like 9 or 10 out of 10 or 1 out of 10. It was, it was very divisive. And it's very heavily weighted towards the 1 out of 10. <laughs> I don't know. But the people who liked it really liked it. Like, I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the first review is a nice one. It's 9 out of 10 and a good headline. This is IMDb. Pizzicato Fish Crouch. Good name. I don't know good. if I would read that review. Uh, <laughs> I review the way they pick their name. I think that's dumb. But the title is Shakespeare Made Sexy for the Teen Generation. Oh, it's finally sexy. Yeah. Finally Shakespeare is sexy. Everyone is familiar with William Shakespeare's Boy Meets Girl love story. And it has already been interpreted into films, plays, TV adaptations, and song. But Boz Lerman gives this world known love story, a modern day twist, setting it in Verona Beach and piling on the religious imagery. The result is quite spectacular. They just kind of go on to sing its praises, kind of in a similar sense that we do. Um, well, I'm going to say Patrick on Metacritic says almost the exact same thing, but it's a 1 out of 10. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet in a modern day setting. Don't you just, does anything else need to be said? Like... It's literally the exact same review, just one out of ten instead of ten out of ten. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I have one like that too. the The title of this one on IMDb it's by Midnight Warrior, back in two thousand five, and the title is just no. <laughs> uh -oh. Do not see this film. I remember watching it years ago and thinking, how could have one of weird weird phrasing. How could have one of Shakespeare's greatest works been butchered on screen? This is not avant-garde cinema. It's much worse than any experimental cinema that I've ever seen. For starters, the music and hip-hop in this film ruin it completely. The dirty sets and shoddy costumes of the actors make this film look like the cast and crew live in selective dumpsters. The acting was best reserved for a kiddie amateur play. Overall, this film is proof why people on hallucinogens and narcotics should not be using when making films. <laughs> so pretty much the exact opposite of our review. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we wanted more drugs. And we and, and we wanted more Guy Fieri costumes. Yeah, dude, like, I love the time Bahama, just like the explosion we had. Mm. Uh, the thing I found out during reviews, so I've been saying it was based in LA this whole time, mm -hmm. in Venice Beach, because I thought that's a logical conclusion. Turns out it's like filmed mostly in Miami and Mexico, and people are like, oh, it's based in Miami. I was like, well... I guess 90s Miami is current. They fit his beach to me because they look nearly identical, just less skateboarding. I'm a Midwest boy. We just, uh, it's pretty bland. Yeah, there was no <laughs> corn in the film. Mm, like, I signs, don't understand. You totally resonated with signs. Yeah, signs. Lots of corn. Yeah, Field of Dreams, perfect. <laughs> good Midwestern stories. Yeah. Uh, uh, I had a couple of reviews that I really liked. Mm -hmm. um, the first one is just like a negative one. Uh, but this one, like, kind of grinds my gears, uh, by Terrifico on Metacritic. Very important at giving one who has not read the books an accurate impression of the story. 
Well, it's, it's a reinterpretation, but like, okay, whatever. Like, I understand why you might not love that. The difficult to understand dialogue, that's where really lost me. He wanted you to read the books, but then the dialogue is difficult to understand. <laughs> like, if you can't understand someone speaking it, I don't know how reading it is going to help you unless you have a dictionary next to you. Like, eh, whatever. The So, the difficult to understand dialogue made any attempt to comprehend the story extremely difficult, and the setting of a fictional Florida city did not help, nor did the African-American cross-dressing dancer with a mustache. I'm done with this review. <laughs> right, but... He is I, I, literally the greatest character. But it's just selective adjectives they chose to use to describe uh, Mercutio. Uh, it's like African-American, right, at least you can say black, it still sounds kind of racist when it's a negative thing. Uh, cross-dressing dancer, that was one scene, but okay, uh, with a mustache. Were we worried that if we didn't get African-American cross-dressing dancer, like, we needed the mustache? Were there multiple African-American cross-dressing dancers that didn't have mustaches? Did you see any more? I don't know. I just felt like he got so specific because he just hated Mercutio that much. Yeah, and he should feel bad because Mercutio is the greatest character. Yeah, I just think Terrifico is a racist homophobe now. Mm, 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 Boom mm. roasted Terrifico. Get out of here. Yeah, uh, I, I, I found it interesting on another one of these, because I think in Clueless, they made a similar uh, a gripe. And this is L. Haney, who reviewed this in 2000, but they said, what a waste of celluloid. <laughs> and I remember, I think in Clueless, one of them was talking about how this was a waste of celluloid. And I don't know if this is kind of like a big insult in the movie user review uh Thing, but may- maybe it is they go on to say leo's befuddled romeo is a true crime they like pete postlewaite though so i mean at least that's to their uh credit but they don't seem to like it very much waste of celluloid <laughs> uh i have another similar one this person uh landers th- their name is l-a-n-s-d-e-n-r-s uh a metacritic this person is a true patriot. He only loves America. He doesn't care about anything else except America. And you can tell that through his review. Mm. Embarrassing, lazy piece of crap ever made. So, again, super American. Doesn't spell well. Words is hard. Uh, embarrassing, lazy piece of crap ever made. The Shakespeare language made it insulting to America. <laughs> Acting was terrible and directing was horrendous. Don't watch it. Uh, I didn't think English was insulting to America. Yeah, but he used really big words. Yeah, it doesn't really help these salt of the earth types peoples. Mm. Uh, I just thought... Wasn't modern enough. Like, you know what? Shakespeare is inherently anti-American. We gotta get it out of here. (laughs) Get it out of here. Lions dinners, true patriot. Zero to ten for Romeo and Juliet, but ten out of ten patriotism. Uh, On... Rotten Tomatoes, this one got a not interested from somebody named Jenna N. And this happened actually not too long ago, November 24th, 2018. And I I find it interesting, some of the gripes, but here it goes. Another terrible, shitty, awful, no good movie that promotes a false story from Shakespeare's play by the same name. It was stupid as hell because the only reason why Romeo and Juliet couldn't be together in the end is because Romeo's crew, the Montagues, 
punked out on him in the end like a bunch of little bitches and left him hanging. Yeah, I guess they were a bunch of pussies compared to the Capulet crew, Juliet's posse. Seriously, is it ever really that hard for a horny guy to get a girl? Stop being a punk-ass bitch, knock on her father's front door, present yourself to her mother for inspection, and ask their blessing to take her out on a date. But if she tells you no thanks, kindly fuck off and don't stalk her. It's not fucking rocket science, idiots. The animals on Earth know better than you eggheads in Hollywood. What? I can't what? tell how old this person is. <laughs> they use enough mixed, like, coded language that they could be 14. They could be in their 60s, and I've heard of Ashton Kutcher once. That's why they use the word punked. Yeah. Like, what is happening? I, this review baffles me. It doesn't even seem like they care much about anything in the movie, except for the fact that it happened. <laughs> like, like, what do they expect? They're gonna watch a movie where everything just goes right and it's normal and... That sounds kind of nice. <laughs> I mean, on really stressful days, I turn on Lifetime. <laughs> Lifetime is full of... Just terrible, terrible situations. But it's like the first 30 minutes, and then so many miraculous <laughs> angels come and fix everything. And just there's, there's no loose ends, and everything is perfect at the end. I just think uh, their view of how dating happens <laughs> oh, is yeah. a little archaic. Like, also, like, I'm going to tell you right now, I can't get any girl I want. <laughs> this felt like a personal attack Well, to me. no, but how many times have you gone to her parents' house, knocked on their door, presented yourself to her mother for inspection? I don't know exactly what that means, but it I doesn't mean, sound don't okay. Don't forget that I went to a Catholic school, so at least three times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> ah, boom-roasted Catholic school. So. Oh, got him. <laughs> um, Anyways, I don't know. I, I, weird review. Weird review. Weird um, review. I would like to end my series of reviews on a positive note. Mm. Uh, Michelle T, she gave it 9 out of 10. Uh, Michelle, I thought and I were going to have a lot of things in common, like a lot of the same things. Um, and just the review's pretty short. Quite good. Like, oh, alright. And the other half of the sentence, quite good compared to the horrible musical West Side Story. <laughs> <laughs> who, who made you compare these things? Like, <laughs> You didn't have to bring up West Side Story. Mm. I think that maybe she was miscast and not in West Side Story. So she's just trying to bring it down. But she was an extra in Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> so she's like, oh man, this sucks compared to... Or West Side Story sucks compared to this. Go watch Romeo and Juliet. <laughs> like that's well, all I can imagine her purpose in life is. Otherwise, there's no reason to add West Side Story into mm. that review. Yeah, I'm not... I'm, I'm going to end my reviews with... Uh, this one was very insightful. This person doesn't have a name. Gave it four stars uh, on Rotten Tomatoes, and it is just... It looks like a good movie. I don't think they watched the movie. <laughs> uh, I like that guy. Good, good yeah, character. Yeah. Just, Sir, you were right. <laughs> yeah, it looks like a good movie. I'm not going to watch it, but go ahead. <laughs> Maybe he's just like trying to... It's like when you hashtag a bunch of things you don't really care about. He's just putting a bunch of like fishing lines out there to hope to draw people back to his main page. Like, oh, this looks like a good movie. Like, oh, wonder what else this guy likes. Like, <laughs> I'm that's, just, I just, that's it. This is just, all their reviews are just like, I think this is a good movie. I don't think this is a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> just nothing else. The only movie I have watched, Passion of the Christ, obviously. Mm, mm, right. 
Well, I think that's it on reviews. Yeah. Some good ones, some bad ones. Yeah. Some good ones, some bad ones. As always, leave uh, some reviews in our comments, and we'll try to get around to them yeah. if they're any good. And if we're lucky, also we'll try to review re- you. Yeah, and uh, we'll try to. <laughs> if you want to leave reviews uh, going forward for ones that we could maybe even include in our future episodes, uh, just go to go the ahead movie. because yeah, it's just it goes in order. You can find it. It's not that hard. <laughs> gonna guarantee you're not gonna get ahead of us. We move fairly slowly. Oh yeah, yeah. But we'll see. Okay. <laughs> Does thou dost thinketh that the red buds is over? Thou thinkest is right. For today we end our journey. Uh, that was, that was the best I had. Um, I hope you enjoyed Romeo and Juliet. This is another little fireside chat with Matt. Once again, I would like to thank our sponsors, Nobody. Well, I guess we could uh, really thank Paul for this one, for acting in a movie and inspiring us to do this show. Uh, The next one will hopefully be the size of watermelons, but we are actually having some trouble getting our hands on that right now. But we'll try to get that out before. We're we're going to record the locusts before we record the size of watermelons, but we'll work our best on getting that so we do not break that order. So, yeah, until next time, keep being a Rudd fan, and I'll say goodbye until tomorrow. Goodbye. 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 Red Bud's time. <laughs> it's time to stop listening because we we don't have any more content here. <laughs> I know who I want to be Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd. I know who I... It's Paul Rudd. <laughs> Love you, bye.